The Auburn Tigers did something in this win over the Bonnies that we haven't seen so far this year. Welcome on into this special live edition of Locked on Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Daryl Daprich, as we will be here with you after every single Auburn basketball game as the Auburn Tigers take down St. Bonaventure, 77-60. to 60. But, Daryl, we were talking about this as the game was going on. We have been asking... Auburn to finish the first half <laughs> and they finally finished the first half. Can't really say the same about the second half. We'll get to that. But as far as asking Auburn to kind of add to a lead to finish a half going into halftime, I liked what I saw up to that point. It was about as good of a, a half or the way you could finish a half as you could script. And the ironic part was Auburn kept hanging around that 10, 12 point threshold with a chance to extend to 14, 16, and couldn't do it. St. Bonaventure would hit a couple shots, cut it to eight, and then all of a sudden, with the last minute and a half, I think Auburn went on an 8-0 run, and you blink, and a 12-point lead is a 20-point lead, and they did it emphatically. They did it with a windmill dunk with Jalen Williams, and they did it with a big three, mm-hmm. and I really believe, even though, I, I tell you, there are certain words and phrases that commentators and announcers use that just is like fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah. I don't give a crap that you won the second half. You got your a kicked in the first half by 20. So you lost by 17 and that's supposed to be a moral victory or something to point positive. Auburn I, think, coasted. I, I think that was something where the second half was drawn out ridiculously long because of the officiating. And I yeah. think, I think the I think the commentators just kind of needed more talking points because their talking points turned into that and how many whistles there were. I mean that was kind of right. the big picture conversation yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Auburn, you know, wins by 17. So it wasn't like St. Bonaventure cut it to 10 or 8 in the second half. I mean, they pretty much held serve. Um again, when you get out to that kind of lead, at that point it was all it, I felt like it was over. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you come back from that. When you're a basketball team now, they're seasoned, they're veteran. We talked about the experience, but they're not deep. And Auburn's depth really showed out with the body language that St. Bonaventure had, some of the runs. and the, they, they did not have enough energy, Zach, to have a run in them. And that's the difference. That's the depth. When you don't have the energy because you're spent, because of the other team having so much depth, it takes that to come back from – 15, 14, 12, they didn't have it in them. They didn't have it in them because of the the run at the end of the first half at Auburn's death. So I really don't care that they won the second half plus three, big whoop, hang a banner. Um, the second thing is, you're right, it became the ref show. They wa- they blew the whistle, and Crispin, who is the color analyst, who I think, by the way, is one of the best in the country. I'd like to see more of him. I was thinking that too. I was like, I like this broadcast team. He, I think same they did a great job. Last night. Yeah, same dude as last night. Great insights. Very entertaining. A good, good color analyst. I hope he gets more national play. But he made the point that, look, I, I understand trying to clean up some things as an official, but every little contact, don't blow the whistle. This is not anything to do with Auburn not winning by 30 because the officials or nothing like that. It was bad. It it was the whistle was being blown excessively for both teams. And mm-hmm. I don't understand if there was a directive in college basketball this year, uh, you know, but 
anyway, it takes away from the flow and the high-flying, up-tempo transition basketball when they blow the whistle that much. Yeah. One thing you were you, – you, when you mentioned depth, and, and I was I was going to say something about this in the show, and then I saw Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer tweet about it. I'm like, okay, I'm correct in this. But we the way that they're using and subbing the guards is interesting. It's almost as if they're paired. They did a lot of, okay, when Aiden Holloway was in, Denver Jones was also in. And then when you saw <laughs> Trey Donaldson in at the one, you saw KD in at the two. And I wonder if that's going to be a trend that we see throughout the season or if this is just Bruce Pearl doing Bruce Pearl things in the non-conference slate where he tries a bunch of different things regarding the rotation. But I do think, Daryl, that's something to look at moving forward. And I think there's a, there's a reason for that that's pretty – to me, it, it, there's a method. I think you got the two newcomers that are together on the floor together, and then you have the two returning players in Trey and KD. So from a chemistry and continuity standpoint, that may be what Bruce Pearl is looking at is the two new guys get to know each other. The other two guys do because they played together last year, so that's why he's pairing them that way. From a Like I said, from a chemistry continuity way and it makes sense it, it well and Denver Jones tonight after his performance last night was a little uneven really was the second best player on Auburn in my opinion I mean he really had a good game hit some big shots yeah yeah and, and was consistent throughout the game too and also so I almost wanted him to shoot more there's a few times where they would go go to Janai down low and he'd kick it back out to Denver and I think if he popped it quick enough, he would have had the guy, but he kind of waited a little bit. I, I think he wants to be a team player, which is awesome. But I'm okay with Denver shooting it as much as possible. I mean, he only yeah. shot it four times. Um, and he, wow, he made all three of his threes. I didn't realize. I mean, went, see, yeah. But you know he went what? Three That'll of three come. from behind the arc. It's like, man, anytime you make three threes in a row, you, you shoot, shoot it the next more. time yeah. you get the ball. I think I think familiar I think familiarity will allow him to shoot more as he gets more comfortable and familiar with this ball club. He'll start taking more shots, and especially if the coaching staff pulls him aside and says, "Hey, we got you for a reason. You're a deadly shooter. We got to get you. Got to you got to shoot a lot more. Be be a little more selfish." He will. Yeah, Janai Broom I thought was incredible tonight, with the exception of his performance from the free throw line. I thought everything else was. I mean, he was just so much better than anything St. Bonaventure could put on the floor. So much better, like a different different class of athlete. And they couldn't do anything about it. I mean, it's the same thing we saw with Notre Dame last night, Daryl. I mean, he was I mean, he was the best player in this Legends Classic tournament. It's why Auburn, in my opinion, has balance. Because like we mentioned last night, it's it's very rare that Auburn's offense runs through the five position. And when you combine that with the guard play they're getting, it's an inside-out type basketball team that's going to be very – it used to be, okay, extend on the guards, take away the perimeter, and you have a chance to beat Auburn. Mm -hmm. Or when Walker Kessler was cleaning up around the rim, box him out, don't let him get second-chance putbacks, you got a chance to beat Auburn. Well, now you're going to have to pick your poison. And I don't, you know, and, and, and with Jalen Williams playing better, we talked about that last night, get more out of the four position. Well, Auburn did tonight. He was in double digits. I think he, mm -hmm. I think he, there, there are points during a basketball game where a dunk is more than a dunk. It's an emotional lift and it elevates your basketball team. His windmill 
it was it was it was night night at that point. After that happened, the complexion of the game completely changed. Yeah. Uh Jerry Rice, the best receiver of all time, says shout out to those who had Auburn over 76 and a half. I didn't realize that was a number. Of course, Auburn scored 77. So that's awesome. That's why those that buildings awesome. are so big over there in Vegas. Um, Hunter Rainwater, incredible name. Just joining in, you may have mentioned already, but it's huge to see Dylan Cardwell making free throws. Love to see the work that he's done so far. Yeah, we we really haven't talked a whole lot about Dylan, but yeah, six of six for uh, for Dylan Cardwell. I would not have guessed that. If you told me to guess Dylan Cardwell's line, I would not have ever said six of six from uh, on free throws. So yeah, great for him. That's awesome. That is a huge shot in the arm for Auburn. I, I hope it continues. I just don't expect it to be a trend, but... Look, if he if he can come into the game and get eight to ten points because he makes four or five free throws because he's going to get fouled, that's the scouting report. Gets a couple dunks, put back baskets. That that Auburn becomes even more dangerous from a depth standpoint because we noticed he got in foul trouble and they had to bring Broom back in. And then something interesting Auburn did when both Broom and Cardwell had three fouls, they went with a smaller lineup. And we kind of talked about this last year. We were kind of screaming for it a little bit. Williams went to the five. Jalen Williams played the five. Auburn mm-hmm. went small. They actually defended very effectively out of that rotation, and they, they did a good job of chasing. They did a good job of rotating and scrambling to get on the shooter and still rebounded the basketball. Auburn has had this trend this year, Zach, where they get just their eyes beat out on the boards in the first half. But give them credit. As frustrating it is as it is to watch, at the end of the game, they have more rebounds than the opponent because they make that adjustment in the second half and out. But that well, what trend do you, is a what do you troubling. think that what do you think that adjustment is? Do you think that goes back to depth? I mean, the other team looked very tired tonight. Yes. I, mean, do, I think do, it do you goes think it's more about that. Because, yeah. Yeah, because quicker legs and fresher legs get to ball get to get to basketballs faster. The the balls that are there's a one there's one thing to go straight up and grab a rebound off the rim. There's another rebound that those those chase down rebounds, right? Auburn was getting those because they had fresher legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I think there's a lot to like about this Auburn team, obviously. And a lot of the comments, as soon as they popped into the live chat, said, I love this team, I love this team, I love this team. And it's easy too, right? I mean, there, there's so much explosive athleticism and ability to score in different ways than what we've seen over the last two seasons here yeah. at Auburn, it's not just Janai Broom. It's not just these guards who, I mean, Aiden was just kind of okay tonight as far as shooting the basketball. But you've got guys like Chad Baker, Mazzara, or you know, Cheney didn't do a whole lot scoring. Cheney didn't score tonight, but they're still they still offer ways to contribute athletically. And to me, I think that's what makes this so fun. And then you just look at the energy that. Katie Johnson does mm-hmm. when he's on the floor and doesn't even have to be him doing it. It's that and Chad Baker Mazar is kind of the same way. I mean, he he's like an energizer bunny too. Th- this team's fun. This team is fun. And I think just that overall attitude and then let's use that chemistry word again. It's going to keep Auburn in a lot of games this year that they may not have any business being in. And uh, I, I think that's going to be special. That paired with the depth, Daryl, that paired with the depth makes Auburn a very dangerous team. Well, two points to that. Number one, the style that Auburn plays, some of the most fun and entertaining basketball as a fan to watch are teams that can are high flying, that can dunk, that are athletic, that, you know, 
around the rim, do special things. Chad Baker, Mazzara, Jalen Williams, Janai Broom, they dunked. That, that's fun to watch as a fan. And then if you hit threes, yeah, th- those are the two most entertaining components of offensive basketball, high-flying dunks and hitting threes. And Auburn this year has a team that does both. The second point about the energy <clears throat> and the way that the chemistry and the enthusiasm and the, Chris, the, the announcer, Crispin, made another great point. He said, look at Auburn's bench, how engaged they are in the game, how excited they are, they're up, they're cheering. Well, he made a point that I think is so underrated and excellent. It's because they know they're going to be back out there two or three minutes. There's none of that getting complacent on the bench. Oh, I'm not going in. No one's going to cheer for me. They know they're going to be right back out there, part of that. And so they stay engaged. That's a very underrated trait of a basketball team that wants to make a postseason run. I love that. I love that. All right. Uh, go ahead and drop your comments, your takes. Ant has one that we're going to start next segment off with that, that I think is a juicy one. I don't necessarily agree with it, Daryl. I want to hear your thoughts on right. it. But let's uh, let's give some love to our friends at Athletic Brewing. It's time for the Athletic Brewing Game Changer of the game. Daryl, to me, uh, it, it's got to be Janai Broom. Do you have any objections to that? Nope. Se- second night in a row. He just yeah. set the tone. He set yep. the tone. Yeah, uh, if somebody else thinks there should be another athletic brewing company game changer of the game, let us know. I bet we see a few Dylan Cardwells, Daryl, and I'm okay with that just because we all love Dylan Cardwell. But much like these Auburn Tigers are changing the game, athletic brewing, they've completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden, sours, and more. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anywhere. You don't have to worry about the hangovers, and they're delicious. So. You can find all of Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers use code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, Daryl. Ant says the floor is the Sweet 16 and the ceiling is a national title. Mm. I I love Boogan. But to say a team's floor is a sweet 16, like that is extremely high praise. And I'm not quite, I'm not quite there yet. What about you? I have never, nor can I, I appreciate what Ant is saying, but I, I, can lo- never, I love the energy. Yeah. I'm I could never it. speculate this early in the season at that point. I, I think once you get into conference play, you start to form your identity. You start to see what you are. And then that's when it becomes, I think, a little more apparent about what your floor and ceiling could be. I mean, you know, had they beaten Baylor, you know, maybe I say, okay, anything less than a sweet 16 and this team has not had a successful season, we could go there. But I want to see what they do on the road in some tough SEC environments first. Yeah. Bo says Katie Johnson is so valuable when this team is going through an offensive Slump. He had a few really solid passes tonight that stood out to me. And I mean, four of seven from the floor. I'm okay with that. I don't think I want Katie Johnson shooting four threes. I just don't. I don't think that's his game. Um, But sure. I mean, I I think you could say that bow for a lot of guys on this team. And just, I think the argument is you have so many different dudes who could potentially step up and help you, Daryl. 
he hit a not a big three in my opinion in the first half before Auburn went on that big run with one second left on the shot clock. I think got that lead back up to 15. <clears throat> it was the two consecutive possessions where Auburn hit threes. So yeah, I mean I I love it's not just about shot making, it's about when you make that shot a lot of times. So sure. he played he played with a lot of energy tonight. He had a couple nice passes. <clears throat> he was again the Tasmanian devil on defense, but I agree. Auburn is most effective if Katie Johnson shoot his, shoots it, picks his spots, and, and, and shoots the basketball. Three or four threes, you know, but make sure that they're wide open threes. But you have to be, he has to be selective for Auburn to be at its best. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Sam is pointing out no Lior Berman. Tonight. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I mean, he actually didn't play bad against Notre Dame. He came in and had some offensive rebounds and he didn't score, but he had some hustle plays. Did not get off the bench at all, which is kind of surprising to me. Could be a matchup thing. Could be the way St. Bonaventure guards their quickness, maybe the way they, you know, dribble, drive, penetrate, off ball stuff. I don't know. I, I do know that early in the game, I felt like they were getting into the lane a little too easy. I was a little bit surprised at how they were getting deep and penetrating a little bit. That went away as Auburn changed its defense a little bit. And again, yeah. just like last night, when a team hits two or three three-point shots out of 18 or 19, you just collapse. You sag. Let them mm -hmm. shoot him. <clears throat> right. Don says, I love this non-conference schedule. Yeah, let, let's, let's take a look at this. So coming up, Auburn returns home on Tuesday, the 21st. They take on Alabama A&M. That game should be what it is, right? Auburn should be able to take care of business, especially at home there. Then you they take part in the ACC-SEC Challenge, and they will host Virginia Tech. I always love that. It used to be the SEC Big 12 Challenge, ACC. We'll, we'll see. I mean, Virginia Tech's one of the more, like, less interesting teams in that conference to play, but that is what it is. But then you go to Appalachian state, which is a little weird. Then you play Indiana and Atlanta. That's going to be a blast. And then after that, two games after that, you get USC. And then, you know, about a week or so later, you start conference play. So all of these games I think are winnable. And I think all of them look good on resumes, regardless of how good they play. I'm going to say this. People can laugh. The App State game scares the crap out of me for two it's reasons. It's on the road? or It's on or the road in Boone, North Carolina, which is a tough place to win. That place is a lot like the Mitchell Center where Auburn went in Okoro's year down to South Alabama and struggled to win there. Yeah. App State and Boone, it's a tough place to win. Not only that, but the game right after that's Indiana. And you just don't want Auburn to be caught – looking ahead, oh, we're playing a Sunbelt team, you know, on the road. Well, that it, again, if Auburn plays like it should, they win. But Boone is not an easy place to play. And the fact that Indiana is right after that is a little bit dangerous to me. Yeah, I think Indiana is going to feel like a home game in Atlanta. We've seen that so far when Auburn's been in that event. And Indiana, I don't think they're too happy with, with how their season has started. And one of their best players has been hurt. I think he'll be back by then is my understanding. I think where is his last name, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But seriously, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun non-conference schedule for sure. Randall says this team may be very good for sure. Um, all right. Who didn't hit a three tonight? 
let's see. That is a question we are being asked. So Jalen went 0 of 1 for 3. Jai went 0 of 2. And Chris Moore went 0 of 1. Chaney Johnson went 0 of 2. So those are the players who did not make a 3 that attempted 1. Um, let's see here. Randall says, this is a good point. Haven't heard anyone say this, but Auburn had 12 hours to prep for the oldest team in the nation via, via Ken Palm and didn't win a close one, beat them soundly. And they're a good team. Gerald, you and I were talking about this before we clicked go live. Like I'm not positive how good or bad this St. Bonaventure team is. This could end up being a solid A-10 team, a top three, top four A-10 team, which doesn't mean you're a tournament team, but it means you're a solid basketball team in a situation where you're playing them in a neutral site that should have been more of a home game for them, you know, that they're very close to there. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if we can gauge that much from this game, but they are experienced. You mentioned that yesterday. They're better than Notre Dame, obviously. I was surprised that Notre Dame beat Oklahoma State, and I started to kind of do that compare game and go, well, wait a minute, Auburn throttled Notre Dame. Notre Dame just beat Oklahoma State, who St. Bonaventure did not blow out. <clears throat> so I was starting to think, you know, I, I kind of predicted a 14-point victory is what I predicted that Auburn would do. And so they, they, that that what they did at the end of the first half kind of put that away, which good for them. I think St. Bonaventure, anytime you have a team that's that's a veteran-laden team like that, that's very seasoned, that in their conference, they're going to be very tough to beat because mm-hmm. of that because of that experience. The A10 is a good league. <laughs> it's very historical. Uh it's you know, it's it's one of the elite smaller leagues when you think about, about the A10. Had some really good basketball teams come out of there and do some damage in the tournament. So who knows? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't. What I didn't see from them that would concern me, if anyone follows St. Bonaventure, is that other than that big dude that scored, you know, 14, 16 points and looked pretty decent, I didn't see a natural scorer, a go-to guy. Who's going to be the guy that's going to take the big shot? Um, I didn't see about that. Chad, big boy Chad. It, I think it's like Bankins, Chad Vennings. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He. He, you know, he, he had some game a little bit. Um, Parks wasn't bad, number five. But yeah. other than that, I didn't really see anybody that stood out as a shot maker or I'm a scorer. Like I saw that with Notre Dame with Burton last night, and then that that you know continued against Oklahoma State. So I, I think, but you know, maybe it's because that's their offense that they run that they're not they're not going to have that dude. <clears throat> but I think that defensively they were a little suspect. Um, it could just be how athletic Auburn is. And in transition, they really struggled getting back in transition. Auburn had its way in transition with them. Folks responding to your comments about Boone. My mother says that it'll be beautiful in Boone. It has the nicest college baseball field in America. And then you need to Hunter, Google the picture. Yeah. Hunter says, I grew up in Boone, and I can confirm it's a hard place to play. If Auburn shows up. Though it's a win. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Yep. And I mean, I, I said this yesterday. If Auburn beats the team they're supposed to beat, everything else will take care of itself. Everything there's else a there's itself. a real scenario here where Auburn does not lose another non-conference game. Yeah, sure. I'm with you on that. I, I think Will they'll drop favored? one. 
I huh? think they'll drop one just because yeah. it's college basketball, but sure, I'm with right. you. Oregon Wyoming says Vinning struggled with the basic rules of basketball. Yeah, he, a lot of um, double dribbles. A lot of double dribbles, especially. will not go time. to his left. That Crispin made great points, refused to go to his left. He started like mocking him towards the end. He's like, up when you're trying to get. Like, I don't think you can do that, but okay. But you know that if you scout them and you overplay that side and you take you completely take his game away. Yeah. Yeah. Austin says, was there any concern with the cold stretch without a field goal in the second half? Yeah, there was a few minutes there where neither team scored. And I think once again, like that's part of college basketball is part of, yeah. I mean, NBA teams do that too. I mean, it's just, you got to survive that when that happens, you got to hope you play good enough defense to survive it where it doesn't hurt you too much. And then also you hope you do enough outside of that window. And fortunately Auburn, Auburn beat was ahead by 20 points at halftime. Like that's, I think it's fortunate and that's, you know, you could do the whole moral victory thing and like, well, they're winning the second half. It's like, who cares? They got blown out in the first half. Get over so it. Get over it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's participation trophy crap. <clears throat> the reason why, too, Auburn went with five minutes without a field goal, <clears throat> there were some stretches there, very undisciplined, very wild shot selection, too, that lent itself to that, where right. Bruce Pearl even had to, like, step out on the floor and say, slow it down mm-hmm. and run some clock because they were just going out of control. It was just not what you need to do trying to milk a 15-, 16-point lead. Yeah. Auburn, Todd coming out swinging. Miami ranked 12th. Auburn looked like we could beat them easily. I think there are a lot of pretenders. Preseason rankings are pointless. Ken Palm, it's the true rankings. Okay, Auburn, Todd. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah, Ken Palm loves Auburn. Had him at 15 in the preseason. I'm not actually sure where we are now. And I got a feeling they'll stay around there, though, over the course of the season. And eventually they'll be ranked. And that's all right. That's okay. Yeah, I think they'll be ranked within a week to 10-day window, win a couple more games. Of course, Alabama A&M Tuesday night will be ugly. Let's keep booking. Um, Nicholas saying, I don't think there are 10 teams better than Auburn. Okay. Let's go, guys. I love this energy tonight. We win the – look, there's SEC champions. There's Final Fours. There's a national champion. But there's only one. There's only one winner of the Legends Classic. Yeah, they need probably need to rename that. They need to rename that trophy to the Auburn Tigers Invitational. That's what the classic is. Yeah, I guess we're six and zero all time now. Yeah, that game because we're five and zero entering tonight. Yeah, Yeah. if I'm I'm an Auburn basketball player, I want to get drafted by the Brooklyn Nets because we have a lot of success in that building. That that would be it. That would be the only people who want to get drafted by the Brooklyn Nets. Or send Auburn to a, a a regional in the NCAA tournament out there. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Daryl, any final thoughts as we wrap up uh, wrap up this this live reaction on a Friday evening? I think it's rare in this day and age of, co- day and age of college basketball where you're able to watch two games like that back-to-back where Auburn did exactly what they were supposed to do, what was expected sure. of them, and even in some cases I think exceeded some expectations. I think a lot of people thought this game was going to be a little bit closer, 8-10 to 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> spread. So – Good for Auburn. Played, love the fact they played 11 people, and they got exactly what they wanted to get by going to Brooklyn, coming out of there with the championship and playing a ton of people. Yeah. Uh, we'll end it with Quentin's comment here. Um, said he loves the show and he hasn't missed it. 
to Quentin and the rest of you guys. Thank you so much. We hit 14,000 subscribers earlier this morning, which is really, really cool. I mean, um, there's a lot of big fan bases out there. And Auburn's a pretty big-sized fan base, but they're definitely the most passionate. And so to be able to to get to 14,000 subscribers on YouTube in, uh, in just about a little over two years is um, is crazy. It's got us in the top percentage of all YouTube channels now, especially within that time frame. So thank you. It's very, very cool to be able to talk about Auburn and have that support. And, Daryl, you've been a huge part of that, too. So thank you to you. Well, um, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for everybody that subscribed. I love interacting with people and uh, pretty special place. This community is a special, special place. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. If you're not a part of the Discord, be sure to check that out. I'm pretty sure I put that link in the episode description down below. Um, but, yeah, it's a great place. Auburn fans love Auburn and they love everything about it. We may not always agree, but it's cool to we all can kind of come here together and and talk about it. So um, very, very cool. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this live edition of Locked on Auburn. We'll be back Tuesday, uh, and we will recap, hopefully, an Auburn win against Alabama A&M. And, of course, Daryl and I will be back Sunday morning to recap, hopefully, Auburn's seventh win of the season. For those of you who listen, we said pound the over on six and a half wins. I think we'll get there this week. And until then, please click that subscribe button, like the video. This has been a live edition of Locked on Auburn.